2: It's time for a different take on
0: spirituality for the modern world. Welcome to Big Universe with Jim Lefter.
3: Hello and welcome to Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. I'm Jim Lefter. I'll be your host for today. I'm a spiritual journeyman and media consultant. I run a website with online courses called youthrivehere.com and I'm at the Center for Spiritual Living Greater Baltimore at cslgreaterbaltimore.org. Joining me today is my fantabulous co-host, Spiritual Rebel Sarah Bowen. Sarah's the author of Spiritual Rebel, a positively addictive guide to finding deeper perspective and higher purpose. Hi, Sarah. How are you today?
1: Oh, Jim, I'm having a breakthrough.
3: Your breakthrough? What's the breakthrough today?
1: Well, I've just had a birthday and I'm breaking through the first century of my life into the second.
3: Well, happy birthday. Boy, that's a a milestone time. I know... uh, I had some thoughts on that when i was breaking through that (laughs) that space you know
1: yeah you know there's a lot to think about i like to think i was telling someone yesterday i like to think i'm still 32 in my head for some reason like that's the age that i think i am and so having to recalibrate to you know i no longer can uh can deny that there's this this beautiful number for my birthday Um, has been a bit of an adjustment. So I've been spending some time thinking about what that means and what that means in terms of, you know, the journey of life, of of what I've accomplished and what's still on the very long, 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 long list to do.
3: (laughs) I keep telling my wife that uh, I feel like I'm still like 15 and she's become very uncomfortable with that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) well it is it is interesting the idea of internal age versus these external milestones or even you know put that together with the idea that we're eternal or the idea that we may have had multiple lives or whatever your cosmological view or your theological view happens to be of you know is this the first time around or the second time around or you know i don't know age age is really um Subjective in a way, I suppose, and yet each year we have this opportunity to be kind
3: of like forced into this number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I'm, number.
1: You see me trying to reframe that opportunity to you know to be forced into this kind of number that we've been giving, and what and what does that mean?
3: Well, you know, uh, our our talk today we're going to be talking with Victoria about breakthrough, uh, her, her new book, and uh, I wondered what kind of breakthroughs have you had in your life.
1: You know, I think the biggest one um, was when I got sober. And, and I think at that time, you know, I had this this idea of how I needed to my life, live my life. And I, I was lacking some coping skills. And things looked really good on the outside. Like I had a job, and I had friends, and I had things going on that all looked good outside. But inside, I felt really just, just bankrupt, right? There was just a lot going on in terms of not, not feeling good about myself, not having self-acceptance or self-love or, or any of those type of things. And the breakthrough of, of finally walking into a, a cold little church basement uh, into 12-step was, was a breakthrough that I didn't want, honestly, uh, but that saved my life and set off all these other amazing, beautiful things uh, in my life.
3: Wow, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The gift that keeps on giving. I was thinking the other day, my thirty-fifth birthday, I got sober at thirty-five. My thirty-fifth birthday is something I am so glad was not videotaped. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and I am so happy to grow to to wake up this morning without a hangover. So that's a breakthrough in itself.
3: Absolutely. How about you?
1: Any any breakthroughs on your end?
3: Well, you know, the biggest breakthrough in my life, I think, was when I was, uh, I, I had a, um, uh, I had a, sort of a breakdown at one point in my life and uh, just everything felt like it crashed down on me. And I didn't have that self love and that self acceptance. And through it all, what, what finally came to me is that nothing else really matters except love. You know, if I can give love to another person, if I can give some sense of love, some sense of hope to another person and I can give it to myself, that's what matters, you know? And from there I was able to build up and I got more, you know, I got more accepting and, and more self-love with myself. Um, and uh, it really grew from that, that nugget of, you know, my, my new thought training, that nugget of love as being so important to grow in my life.
1: Yeah. And I think that we, many of us were raised with, with love, with conditions. Yes. Or, you know, that you are loved if you do X, Y, and Z. And if you do A, B, and C, love is withdrawn. And it's used in this way of kind of training us or um, other people working out their own emotions or inability to, to love or whatever they've inherited. Um, whatever's coming along in, in your lineage, and I think you're I think you're spot on that when we learn to love ourselves. Uh, in my case, when the twelve steppers loved me, even though I was like, I don't want your love,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I had to kind of learn that it was okay to be loved, that that love didn't have strings attached to it, and that accepting it meant, you know, that that I had to reframe you know, what it really, really meant. And I think we talk a lot on this show about also that love once that goes out from us in terms of, you know, what do we do about the planet?
3: Yeah, what do definitely. we do? About,
1: what do we do about communities around mm-hmm. us? How do mm-hmm. we and we have all these ideas on how to fix them. But at but beneath that, there there is
3: a love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're gonna I be
1: love being 50, Jim.
3: Well, that's wonderful. There you go.
1: We have completely fixed it.
3: <laughs>
1: Even though there's nothing to fix.
3: Right. There's a paradox. To Even to fix. though
1: there's nothing to fix, we have fixed it.
3: Right. Exactly. Well, that's what we do on this show. We don't actually fix things, but we fix things. So, you know. Yeah,
1: we fix the things that are already fixed.
3: <laughs> exactly. All right. So do you have any quotes for me today?
1: I do. Faith looks to the invisible. And instead of seeing a void, it fastens its gaze upon a solid reality.
3: Oh, that's beautiful. Who's that?
1: That's a little Ernie Holmes for you today, Jim.
3: Oh, good old Ernie. Here's mine. Sometimes we pray to a God outside of ourselves. It is the God in the midst of us that frees and heals. You need to think of God, the all-powerful healer, as being already within you, in every part of your mind, heart, and body.
1: Oh, who's that?
3: That's my friend Myrtle Fillmore.
1: Ah, look at that. Ernie and Myrtle on the same show. Seems very apropos for having our
2: speaker today.
3: Absolutely. All right. Are you ready to jump into the episode?
2: Let's do it. Raise the praise. Raise the praise. Raise the praise. This is Martha Creek, friends. MarthaCreek.com to contact me and check out Martha's Pearls, a spiritual guide to life on Amazon and Kindle from paperback. This was given to me in guidance several years ago. This phrase, raise the praise, raise the praise. It really surprised me since I honestly believe that I'm p- pretty mindful and practiced at giving and receiving praise. No matter how much I already do this, am this, or believe that this is so, I also woke up again to that there is always, 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 always room for increasing the praise, raise the praise. The universe rushes and continues to rush forward to bring forth opportunities for me to have a rampage of praise. So think about what that would be like for you today. To get back to the basics of not only a practical and purposeful expression, a practical and purposeful expression of praise, of gratitude, to make it a game, raise the praise, whatever you can do. This caused me and continues to cause me to uh, create and manifest in my life more expansion, more abundance. It helps me to close off energy leaks and drains to put my focus on where I want my energy to go. So where my energy goes, energy flows. So it is causative and creative and then some. And it absolutely then calls us, calls me, hopefully you, that I can absolutely take um, back a simple, return to a simple practice of anchoring my wholeness in the love of God, of creator, of life, of whatever you you call it, and to absolutely quit relying on any approval or acknowledgement of others for my value, power, safety, self-worth, anything like that, and to absolutely quit some of the things that I've been worried about Stop focusing on them and raise my praise. So what am I going to do in this situation? Raise my praise. So we're sure to start some new ways of being that can promise to raise our vibration. I'm absolutely going to, um, when I'm feeling lost, left out, um, like I've been uh, overlooked, disrespected or whatever, I'm going to meet myself with a a state of understanding, a state of compassion, and an absolute state of what I'm going to do in this situation, regardless of what the egoic mind is encouraging me to do, is raise the praise. Raise the praise for how well I've done. Raise the praise for what can be done, for what I have in my life, and absolutely shift myself out of those um, lower lower vibrations and anything that weakens me. So raising the praise to strengthen myself, raising this praise to strengthen me emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, and yes, physically. Raise the praise. Martha creek.com, Martha's Pearls on Amazon and in paperback. Blessings. And now it's time for our interview
3: Known as the gratitude guru, Victoria Loveland Cohen is an ordained unity minister and interfaith minister who's been participating in new thought, ancient wisdom for over 35 years. She's currently serving as senior minister at Unity Center of Peace in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, the author of three books, Breakthrough, A Complete Guide for Getting Unstuck and Realizing Your Dreams, which we're going to talk about today, Manifesting Your Desires, and the baby bonding book. Victoria also founded the Gratitude Experiment, where she supports individuals in their practice of proactive gratitude. As an inspirational speaker, teacher, and spiritual coach, her passion is to help others experience their spiritual magnificence while permanently eliminating self-sabotaging blocks they might live their life's true purpose. I like eliminating uh, self-sabotaging blocks permanently. That's pretty cool. Welcome to Big Universe, Victoria. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, we can talk about eliminating some of those self-sabotaging blocks, if you'd like.
3: Definitely would like that. (laughs)
0: Um,
3: The first thing I want to jump into is, you know, you talk really uh, effectively in in the beginning of the book, Breakthrough, about, you know, a lot of us attend New Thought Churches, but sometimes we, we don't get the results that we want or, or we expect. And I, why is that? Why, what's going on with that?
0: Uh, well, I think, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I, and I've noticed a pattern in, in other people and, and in myself that when we learn uh, about these really uh, amazing tools that we have in new thought affirmative prayer affirmation visualization meditation which are really amazing tools I mean they're really a gift to humanity and so we jump in and we learn these and I notice that a lot of people have success with it early on it's like wow I manifested that oh wow I'm feeling more peaceful and then after a while it kind of stops working because we've got these we we need to address the underlying opposing patterns, the underlying energy that can really sabotage our efforts. So I say it's kind of like driving the most beautiful, exquisite car that you can imagine, but with a parking brake on. You know, and you're like, what's and you don't even know what the problem is. What is supposed to be the most fabulous car ever? How come it's not moving forward, or it starts moving forward in the beginning and then suddenly it stops? And you know, you don't you don't always know where the parking brake. You know, with the new cars. They put the parking brake in just different places. Right, you know, right. You know, where they are, where it is. You know, it's kind of like that. So we have these amazing tools for creating a more fulfilling, joyous, love filled, uh, uh, an abundant life. Um, so it's like the best performance car ever. But after a while, it stops working, It it becomes that car with a parking brake on because we need to acknowledge and work with and heal and uh, transmute some of these, you know, patterns that are sabotaging our efforts.
3: We definitely want to get into sabotaging our efforts and, and see, see what we can talk about in terms of removing some of those blocks. But I'm curious, um, you, you say it's the place from which we begin our spiritual journey that determines our results. What do you mean by that?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. uh, Well, so a lot of people go into, a lot of people are on a spiritual path because they feel that there's something about themselves they want to change. They want to change themselves. They don't really like themselves or they want to, they feel that they're broken and you know, want to be fixed or that they're just, you know, there's just not enough. This feeling of not enoughness, which I have to say is, you know, is part of our culture, you know, our culture is constantly reaffirming. We're not, we're not skinny enough. We're not smart enough. We're not disciplined enough. We're not motivated enough. We're not, you know, rich enough. We're not enough of whatever we think we need to be. You know, in short, not enough. So this feeling of of not enoughness uh, begins to kind of um, reflect in our experience. So if we begin our spiritual path that way, from that place, then we're coming from a place of really not liking ourselves and we're kind of beating ourselves into being a better person. Nothing wrong with being the best possible person that, you know, we can be. I, I'm all for that. I think that's great. But again, it's the, the place. So I like to say, you know, I use the analogy of um, Michelangelo and his response when he was asked, how do you create such a beautiful, magnificent sculpture out of a, a hunk of marble? And he says, well, I see the figure in the marble and then I work to remove everything that is, that's in its way in order to set the, the, the figure free. So rather than sort of trying to make ourselves a better person, pounding ourselves into a chiseling that, if we just saw that we are magnificent and perfect right now, in ourselves. And it's just a process of lovingly and gently removing these things that are covering it up and gently laying it down and just allowing that magnificence to express. And then, then we can move forward, you know, more easily, more joyously, and I think have a better experience of it.
3: I like how you talk about, you know, um, we get success in one area and then we do kind of new thought whack-a-mole. I, I, love, I love how you say that. Now,
1: don't start whacking moles, Jim.
3: No, no, it's not anything against the animal.
0: Metaphorically.
3: Metaphorically, yes.
0: <laughs> Yes. Right. You know, I, some people have experienced like, you know, I, I want some more prosperity in my life. So I'm going to, um, use these wonderful tools that I have to create more prosperity. And then a health issue comes up and then, oh no, now I have to work on this. And then, and then something else comes up and then, and then it's all about working on that rather than just sort of seeing the wholeness that is within us. Removing the things that are covering it up, getting in the way, and just allowing that wholeness that's already there to emerge. And you know, it's like uh, the, the coming back to the analogy of the, the marble. You know, it's uh, the flaws in the marble that the the characteristics that make it beautiful. You know, that's the thing that we admire. We think it's you know that's the beauty. And it's, but it's really those intense, it, it's it, what creates the flaws is uh, intense pressure and heat. So if we can think about that for ourselves, those places in us that feel off, that feel, you know, uh, intense experiences that we have, if we can just look at them like, are interesting characteristics that make me a a uniquely beautiful person that has, you know, a unique gift to give and just kind of love those places smooth. You know, just that sort of idea of loving that pain or those intense experiences, just love it smooth. And it, and it becomes like alchemy. It becomes like, you know, base metal, becoming gold if we infuse it with divine love.
1: So can you tell us a little bit, Victoria, about your path to new thought, about your smoothing of the edges and your removing of the marble and all of these other concepts we've just talked about? (laughs) Yeah,
0: well, uh, it wasn't overnight. (laughs) It
3: wasn't? I'm shocked. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it it took time. And so while well, I started really young on my spiritual path, and I wasn't even looking. I was 15 years old. I was not looking for, you know, I didn't have this soul yearning uh, to to connect spiritually at that time. Uh, but I was very much into the Beatles. I love the Beatles. The time, I love I was, the Beatles, yes. You love the Beatles too, right? Yeah, and some, from the time I was a kid, I just wanted to... You know, do everything they did. So it, you know, at this point, at a point in their lives, they went to India to learn uh, meditation, transcendental meditation, uh, from the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And so I thought, oh, that is so cool. And you got the incense, and you got the, you know, the patterns, the the Indian patterns, and the flower power, and all of that. That's so cool. I want to do that too. And so I found the one person that was in Southern California, I grew up in San Diego, uh, who who initiated into meditation. And so I did that, not because I, you know, because it was cool. And then, but, you know, spirit was working on me. It was like, it was creating a little bit of an opening. And shortly after that, I found, I kind of stumbled into this yoga class that was being taught at the at the college we lived across the street from San Diego State University and my friends and I would go over there and we would just peek into rooms and we peeked into this big hall and there were like 40 people uh, or more who were doing yoga which was you know, just new at that time. It was not like it's, you know, today. It was really brand new. And again, this is cool, right? So my friends and I went in there and we did the yoga. And at the end of the class, the instructor guided us in um, chanting Om, you know, Om, over and over and over again. And suddenly, my body i shot up out of my body to the top of the room and i was floating at the top of the room with all the other souls we were not in bodies there was no separation it was just the most amazing experience of oneness and so that you know that was this cosmic consciousness experience of the the crown chakra it was just like blown open and that was it, I was on a path. And uh, I just kept looking for that same experience, that same high, you know, I kept trying to find my way back to right, that. Right, mm-hmm. And in the meantime, I'm ignoring all the other parts of me, you know, it's, it's really the definition of spiritual bypass, going directly to this transcendent oneness. But you know, not dealing with, not healing, not acknowledging all of these other areas in me, all these other chakras, you could look at it that way, um, that really needed to be healed. I mean, I was insecure. I hated myself, really. I was just uh, you know, I, I, I was wounded, and uh, I kind of tried my best to hide it. But, you know, I, I didn't know how to do relationships well. I, I chose a career with a lot of rejection, which I got a lot of because it was my self-rejection reflected back to me.
3: And that was so, acting. You did some acting work.
0: Hmm. Yeah, an acting career. Yeah. If you want some rejection in your life, go for some... <laughs> <laughs>
3: Become
1: an actor, You're an artist, or a right writer.
0: <laughs> yes, right. That too. Yeah. All of those uh so you know and it just took a while to really under i mean like years for me to understand it and and i was uh, i was still doing meditation and i was still i was reading ernest holmes Science of mind and 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 following the affirmative prayer steps but i was doing it from a consciousness of uh oh my good is out here and i need to get i need to do these steps to get my good to feel that i'm okay because i'm not okay right now but once i get this thing that i am doing this affirmative prayer for i'll be i'll be okay and so doing affirmative prayer or any of these techniques from a place of i'm not okay but once i get this thing you know i'm going to be okay that sort of just continues to put it off into the future it's not who you are uh, so again, it took years to learn to. It's all about loving ourselves and accepting ourselves the way we are now. You know, um, it's all about self-compassion. And
3: that's that's so important. That that's internal love.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think you got, you You know, we want to learn to love and accept ourselves as we are now. And some of the, you know, we, we think, well, you know, on a good day, I love myself. Or uh, after I've meditated, I love myself. When I'm in spiritual community, I love myself, you know. But what about all the other times during the day? Do you love yourself then?
3: Well, we'll be right back on Big Universe on Unity Online Radio.
0: known
2: been to express
3: We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world.
1: Welcome back to a slightly
0: off-kilter look at spirituality. This is Big Universe with Jim Lefter.
3: Welcome back to Big Universe on Unity Online Radio. So I'm curious, you know, people have different definitions of God and the universe. What what does that mean to you when, with those words? What What's your perspective that you're coming from?
0: Uh-huh. Uh, well, my experience with uh, the idea of God is that it is a universal force. It's a it's a power of love. It is the energy, the love. And I say love intelligence from which all creation emerges. It's that universal thing, and it's in us. It's who we are an expression of. It's definitely not. A uh, being outside of us that is, you know, separate from who we are. I think that's one of the things that gets us into trouble is that we, you know, we feel separate from it. It's this belief in the collective unconscious that we're separate from God, we're separate from each other, we're separate from our good is the source of a lot of um, issues that we have in our life. So healing that is you know, connecting with that source inside and knowing that we're all expressions of it.
3: So can, can we have a personal connection to that? What would you describe as a personal connection to that?
0: We can certainly have the experience that we are that spiritual self. It's, I really see it as the highest spiritual self of us. You know, we're multidimensional beings, and the but the highest part of us is that, place that we are that one expressing. So I I have an experience of it. I know a lot of other people have an experience of it when they meditate or when they do any kind of spiritual practices really deep and, um, you know, uh, they immerse themselves in it. Um, and, if if you're asking, it's like, is there a God we can speak to that answers us? You know, I uh, I think that's that's really our inner wisdom that that it comes from within us, and we can hear that voice and we can follow that guidance. In fact, it's really important to to do that.
3: So we've got to dive into the self sabotaging blocks because I think that's important for a lot of people. How do we self sabotage, and how do we get beyond some of those those blocks that are in our systems
0: Mm -hmm. yeah well um again i think a lot of it comes from we we develop these blocks because we are just trying to navigate our way through this kind of upside down world I, i mean i feel that we are it's like we're these divine beings that have incarnated into this sort of dense human realm uh, uh, that's asleep and dreaming, you know, the, the collective unconscious, we're asleep and dreaming this dream of separation. And from that, it's natural to have fear to have, um, you know, a feeling of lack and limitation, my good is out there, I got to go get it, I don't have it, and this fear of losing. And all of that creates, um, you know, these opposing patterns. I shouldn't have, there's a lot of guilt, you know, associated, well, I shouldn't have this and I should be a good person and be, you know, this way and not that way. That, uh, that uh, leads to the development of the shadow self. You know, a lot of parts of us that we can't accept, that we are repressing because we can't accept those various parts of us that are just parts of us that are, you know, the wholeness of us that's trying to navigate our way through this human realm, through this upside down world. <clears throat> and they develop when, you know, when we're usually little and our parents say, oh, don't be so greedy, don't be so selfish, don't be so... uh um you know uh, bossy don't be so wishy-washy don't be this and that and so in order to be loved and accepted which is a basic human need we repress those things and we oh I'm not that way uh so we push it into the shadow not that it goes away it doesn't
3: right (laughs) that's for sure yes
0: yeah it's just kind of becomes this crouching tiger hidden dragon thing and we think it's not there, but when we get triggered or we get under stress, that pops out in usually inappropriate ways. So I uh, suggest, and I have exercises that you can find on my website that, that are free and that are in the book too, of meeting the shadow self. And um, you know, we kind of want to look at it like a, a wounded child. You know, if a child is rejected or ignored, um, they're going to act out. So we want to take. I don't know that what child.
3: you mean by that. I don't. I don't act out at all.
0: No, I never acted out either. We, Jim
1: and I, were perfect. But for our, but for anyone listening,
2: <laughs> you hit a
1: chord there clearly, and we both just used a defense mechanism.
0: <laughs> there you go there you go and you know and here's the thing one of the ways we can recognize uh that the that it's our it's part of us as part of our shadow is by projecting it onto others that that with the thing that we can't accept in ourselves we see it into others we see it in others and we can't stand it and we you know we oh the whatever we hate that drives us up a wall about somebody that we have a strong reaction to it could be sure It's kind of part of us. And it's not that it's bad. See, that's what we want to label this bad. So we don't want anybody to see it. Uh, Particularly, you know, if we haven't successfully repressed these places in us when we're in childhood, certainly when we go into uh, uh, on a spiritual path, we want to be spiritual. We're peaceful, spiritual people. We're giving, we're compassionate, we're loving. We don't want to show those other, you know, selfish, greedy, obstinate kind of parts of us. But if, so I take people on an exercise where they meet the shadow self and they embrace it and hold it and, and just channel this divine light and divine love and heal this wounded really uh, part of us that just is just looking for acknowledgement and acceptance and love. And when we do that, the toxic part of that self is healed, is released. And then what's left is something that can be a gift to us. It's something that can serve us. And usually, you know, the ways that it serves us is by helping us to become more balanced people, you know, because we will develop parts of our um, personality in response to that shadow self, you know, opposing. So if it's, for example, if I'm, you know, I have a shadow self that's uber controlling and I don't like that about myself, I'm not gonna let anybody see that. So I'll work really hard to develop part of me that is flexible, that is easygoing, that's like, I don't care wherever, wherever you wanna go, it's fine with me, you know, whatever you guys think is best. But deep down inside, you know, there's this part of me that's screaming that is uh, unsatisfied. Uh, so, if I do this process of healing the shadow self, it can bless me in two ways. First of all, I've developed this wonderful quality of being relaxed and flexible. That's a that's a wonderful quality, right? I like that in myself. But it's also balanced by. This other part of me, that as again a healed aspect of a controlling person, can be somebody who speaks up when they really feel something strongly. Somebody who can work for social justice and you know make sure that uh, you know their voice is being heard. Somebody who can be organized and. Um, and, you know, have a strategy. So all of those parts of the healed shadow can then balance out the other part that's this flexible, easygoing part. And now we're more whole. We're more balanced. We're, we're living a more authentic part of us and not spending so much energy trying to repress those parts that we don't want anybody to see.
3: And that's where you talk about listening to the pain, You, which I sounds very very important
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh listening to it and having it tell us what it, it you know what it has to to offer us and again this is goes back to connecting with that uh the inner wisdom the that divine voice within us and um and really connecting with it and seeing what does this have to tell me what does it have to how does it benefit my life? Or how can it benefit my life? How can we um, use this? How can we use it as this alchemy of of turning base metal into gold? So speaking of gold, <laughs> since you went there,
1: um, uh-huh. can you talk a little bit about the golden shadow? I know a lot of people are often familiar with, with the shadow shadow. Yeah. Um, but not always so familiar with the golden shadow.
0: Yes. Right. And, you know, it's the same idea of, you know, how, you know, with the other shadow, we repress uh, what we can't accept in ourselves and we project onto other people what we don't see in us. Well, we do the same thing with really wonderful qualities, you know, star qualities, things that we, if there's something, a quality of people that we really admire, you know, like, I really admire this person. They're, they're confident, they're talented, they're relaxed, they're disciplined, they're, you know, whatever we admire. If we're really, if we, we notice that as a pattern and we admire that quality, but we don't think that it's part of us, we can be sure that it is part of us and we just haven't acknowledged it yet. We, you know, we haven't allowed ourselves to feel that that's part of us. And I think sometimes, you know, we in, in maybe, you know, in our families and growing up, we were taught to be humble, unassuming, you know, don't shine so much that your friends are going to get jealous, <laughs> you know, don't toot your own horn. So we just kind of shrink back. Uh, but it, again, if we're admiring it in somebody else, then that is part of us and we want to reintegrate it we want to reintegrate that golden shadow and embrace it and own it and allow ourselves to develop those qualities because if we haven't acknowledged it for a long time you know they're latent qualities so we want to do things to help to develop that and when we do you know we're we're shining we're expressing our our full potential and so you've
1: talked a couple times, Victoria, as we've been going along here, about these things we inherit, or these things that kind of come along with, um, can you talk about generational influence? I found that chapter in your book fascinating.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and, and it's part of this idea of the collective unconscious, which is the concept, you know, Carl Jung was the one who kind of developed the term collective unconscious. Uh, Ernest Holmes in Science of Mind called it um, race mind consciousness, referring to the human race. Um, So this idea that we all share um, a consciousness, you know, we tend to think that uh, we have, that nobody can know what we're thinking, right? I have my own thoughts. It's encased in a brain. It's encased in my skull. I can't know what you're thinking. You can't know what I'm thinking. And we think we're we're separate. But that's not true. We are all connected in many different levels. You know, spiritually we're connected, but also on this mental, you know, realm, we are connected. Uh, And so, you know, it's explained as this sort of the storehouse of all of the usually negative thoughts of trauma, of um, any belief that comes out of the feeling of separation, Um, you know, all of the the oppression, everything that, you know, sort of um, has been throughout his human humanity's history. Also, all of the love, all of the acts of kindness, all of the acts of generosity that have been shared through humanity's history are in there too. It's all in there, um, and then nowhere does that show up the most than our than our own families, our own family tree. You know, for for good for good or for bad. You know, quote. Um, and it's it can be just as powerful as inheriting physical traits. You know, we were unwittingly inheriting uh, our ancestors' fears, uh, bigotry, victimization, trauma. Um, some Native American cultures believe that uh, a generation's trauma will be carried for seven generations into the future, um, so. We, you know, okay, and then on the other hand, we could also inherit the wonderful qualities of our ancestors, their strength, their tenacity, Uh, maybe there's innate healing wisdom in our family tree, um, or compassion or a sense of humor. Um, So we want to think about, you know, our ancestors, where they came from, you know, what was the circumstances that they grew up, our, our you know, grandparents, grand—you know, great grandparents—were they? Did they grow up in an environment of of war uh, or starvation? Were they under oppression? Were they, you know, did were they escaping uh, oppression? Were they victims of the Holocaust? You know, were they? Uh, did they suffer under enslavement? Were they the enslavers? Uh, So we want to kind of go back and see maybe where all of this is coming from, because all of that, it kind of like tendrils uh, of a vine that sort of creeps into us and can really choke off the flow of our good. But we don't need to, we don't need to, we have choice. We can choose right now to heal that and to heal it not just for ourselves but for future generations the whole lineage like forward and back and we can do that with through exercises of of prayer and meditation and really acknowledgement there's written exercises that i have in my book that uh can help with that Uh, we you know we have the power to heal this we can stop that Inherited uh, trauma or the inherited thing all the way down right now with us, so it doesn't need to go further and we can also choose to accept all of those wonderful qualities, you know, all of the strength and tenacity and um, and sense of humor or, or whatever in our lineage, we can choose to accept that and be grateful to our parents uh, and our parents, parents, and the further generations for everything that they did. Uh, you know most parents, they want the best for their children, so you know they'll they'll sacrifice in order to give their children a better life. So we want to accept that. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I you know, I, can stand on your shoulders. I can be your dream. You know, really, I, my life can be your dream. That Sorry. just seems
3: so. That just seems so appropriate for now and what our society is going through. You know, as we reassess, you know, what's been in our history and what's been going on, in in all kinds of levels in our societies as we've grown.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I think it's something definitely um, that can help us right now. And I think it's coming to the surface. I mean, there's, you know, uh, there's a lot of, along with the need for healing comes the actual processes for healing uh, so that we can, a lot of this is coming up, right? to be healed it's like this detoxing thing that when you go if you go on a, a fast or something you know w- weird things kind of come up and because, <laughs> yeah. acne, you know real fast <laughs> acne yeah right all kinds of you know you're like you know do I want this but really it's that toxic stuff that was inside that is now coming up and and is being allowed to be released you know I think um Charles Fillmore called it chemicalization, this idea of when there's a a new truth that that enters consciousness, everything that is opposing that will come up will usually fight (laughs) to be released, but it is coming up to be released.
3: I wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about a tool that's very helpful, and that's affirmative, affirm affirmative prayer. I wondered if you could run through the three steps of affirmative prayer, um, because that seems really important as a as a useful tool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think I think the definitely and the first what I see that were the first three steps of affirmative prayer are really designed to get us into a higher vibrational level. You know, we want to sort of um, uh, release this attachment to the relative world of uh, the, the temporary world of form and experience. That's the first step in, um, in affirmative prayer, relaxation. Not only are we relaxing our physical body, we're relaxing the mind chatter, but we're relaxing our attachment to that physical experience so that we can up level our vibration and get into those higher vibrational realms, which is the place we want to be to do that affirmative prayer. Uh, I call it the vibrational field of love because that's the quality of this, of this higher vibrational realm. It's love, you know, it's like all of the mystics have talked about it in this capacity and so what what we are doing those first three steps is allowing our vibration to lift to feel our way into it you know it's not a mental process and I think this is you know sometimes when people are well this is not working are you just saying words is it just a mental process Or are you allowing yourself to feel into this higher vibration, right? This higher vibrational realm where there is this universal love intelligence whose qualities are love and abundance and wholeness and peace and joy. And so when we unify in that realm, in that higher vibrational realm, then we're just sort of playing in that energy. We can play in the energy. That's where the answer is. So rather than praying, I like to say we're playing. We're playing in the energy of the answer because that's where it is. What we're looking for, what we're looking to manifest very often in our lives, there's a quality behind it, whether it's peace or freedom or joy or Uh, abundance or fulfillment that's the quality of what we would call god or universal energy and that is a part of us so really feeling our connection with that energy and and unifying with it feeling our way into it letting it letting ourselves being immersed in it and then we can speak our word then we can call forth what it is we truly want. And with gratitude, it just begins to unfold naturally. You know, it's like a uh, like a seed that is planted in the soil. you know the the seed has everything necessary for Uh, the plant to grow let's say it's a flower for it to grow and become that flower maybe it's a lily right and it's it's all contained in that little tiny seed but it needs to be planted in fertile soil But that fertile soil for us is that idea of immersing ourselves into that fertile dimension it's a dimension of pure potentiality That is responsive to our thought. So, in in seed, the seed idea of us contains everything necessary for our fulfillment, our magnificent self, our full potential. And if we allow ourselves to be, you know, planted deeply in that fertile soil, it's nurturing that growth as long as we're doing the weeding, which is the thing that we've been talking about, right? All of these things that can get in the way and block the, the, the natural um, growth of our good. We're doing that weeding, and then we're watering the plants with uh, affirmations, um, affirmative prayer, you know, a visualization, vision boards. I do, I like to do something called an an intention mandala because I I like the, the I love that. Yes.
1: That's on my list this weekend. I've got a whole stack of magazines and I'm ready to go.
0: Oh, good. (laughs) Yes. Right. I I just feel that it just, you know, vision boards are good and it's even, it's like super powered (laughs) to put it in a shape of a mandala. And you want to have at the center of that mandala something that really represents the core idea of, you know, what you want to experience in your life. So think about that and then all the other areas sort of fanning out from that. So, oh, enjoy. You'll have to show me. I'm just I'm so excited you're doing that.
3: So we just have a minute left and I wondered if we could just get one more question in and what's one piece of advice or tool that you'd suggest to our listeners if they one one step at the beginning here
0: loving yourself I really think immersing yourself in this idea that you are a magnificent being that that is at your core and everything else is just you know every everything that has come about is just because you are trying to navigate your way through this upside down world. So you can forgive yourself for all the times you've fallen down and all the mistakes you have made, because that's natural for us to make mistakes while we're, you know, going through. So just forgive yourself. That's a big one. That's a big thing that, you know, is a big block for people. Awesome. Uh, for that and embrace and love yourself.
3: Thank you so much, Victoria. We didn't get nearly enough time with you. Um, for more information about Victoria, please go to her website. Is that manifest
0: No, it's breakthrough two is the new one that talks about these new concepts and the book and it's the word breakthrough the number two.com.
3: Awesome. And check out her, her new her book breakthrough a complete guide for getting unstuck and realizing your dreams for more information about sarah bowen go to spiritual-rebel.com and pre-order her new book sacred send us at your online bookstore i've got premium video courses and help to create them on my website called youthrivehere.com. thanks everybody i'm jim lefter with sarah bowen we'll talk with you next time on big universe on unity online radio Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
2: We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time.